I'm Maureen Bellatory, and this is Spilled Salt, a podcast on the thrills and spills from the food, beverage, and agriculture industries. Today's guest is Linda Alvarez. She is the CEO and co-founder of Lavelle Nutrition. Uh, Lavelle's mission is to create nutritional products tailored for female endurance athletes based on their individual needs. What this essentially means is they're creating a line of products uh, specifically formulated for women. It's a huge um, opportunity in the market. There's not a lot of products out there that are specifically formulated for women. And Linda, who has a medical background, um, was really a, a great person to be able to pull some of this together. I'm very excited to have her on the podcast today, and I hope you enjoy the chat. Great. Hey, Linda. Hi. Thanks for joining me today. Um, we're gonna jump right into some questions. Um, we'll kind of see how the where the conversation goes from there, but I would love to have you start talking about Lavelle Nutrition. It has a really unique unique line of products. Can you talk about, about the business a bit? Yeah, so Lavelle Nutrition is, and first of all, actually, I wanna say thank you so much for having me. I'm just excited to jump into it. <laughs> But I'm so excited to be on the podcast and even share more about Lavelle Nutrition. So we're a sports food company specifically focused on empowering female athletes with fuel formulated for their physiology. So I'm not sure if you know, but less than 2.5% of sports nutrition products target women really hard air quotes there <laughs> um, without any clarification if they're made for women um, or just smaller pinker versions of their male products mm. um, and so we had interviewed over a hundred female athletes and we were hearing this persistent theme of physical pain in response to these products mm -hmm. so women were encountering headache nausea vomiting diarrhea muscle cramps throughout the course of training for a marathon or even throughout a 26 mile marathon mm -hmm. um and what was even more upsetting for my co-founder and i was that all of the women we spoke to were conditioned to think that the problem was their body Mm -hmm. and not the products on the market. And so that really put fuel to the fire for us to start Lavelle and to really make products that were safe for active women at mm -hmm. any age and any stage of their life cycle. So there are so many women who are physically active and pregnant or breastfeeding mm -hmm. or going through menopause, and they shouldn't be neglected in the market because we think that their physiology is too different. We make up half of the population, mm -hmm. you know, women, the power of women is substantial mm -hmm. and we need to be fueling women to, to run the world. That's a big part of what we do. I love it. So how did you make that connection? How did you determine that it was the products that these female athletes were consuming that was giving them these side effects with headaches and stomach aches and that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, we we spoke to women. So actually, mm. when we started doing our customer discovery, my co-founder, Stephanie, and I, we were interviewing both male and female athletes. We started with marathoners. And the guys would typically tell us, oh, I did what I did in high school or college, and it still works for me. And we were like, good for you. <laughs> and every woman we spoke to, when we got to the topic of nutrition, there was this hesitation, mm. there was this pause. 
you could you could really see the pain point or the area of frustration and it was all different levels so it was women that were saying i don't know what i'm supposed to take because there is mm. conflicting information from the internet on my coach you know there were women who tried products and then were like I had to run off into the woods or find a bathroom, oh, you yeah. know. Actually, I've heard, I've heard those stories too. I'm not a, a marathoner, but I've heard stories from friends of mine who run with exactly that, that the urge was intense. Immediate. It's an yeah. immediate, mm-hmm. you know, a pants on fire problem is my co-founder and mm-hmm. I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was just part of the course for mm-hmm. all of these women. Like they were like, oh yeah, well, I, I felt sick after trying this one product. So I bought another box of another product to see if it worked. Mm-hmm. And it was this cycle of going through boxes upon boxes of product that we were like, maybe there's an issue with the products. And we took a deeper dive into the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we found the 2.5 statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, we then, I'm a physician. And so I was like, there the medical community totally has research on this. And that was a cute idea. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because they don't, right? Right. No. So currently, um, women or female athletes make up 3% of the participants in sports performance studies and around 36% of participants in um, sports medicine studies. So it's very limited. And there's very limited research as well in terms of how women's changing hormonal status affects Mm -hmm. our metabolism. Um, And so, you know, it was kind of this culmination of one, we knew that there were food, there weren't food products out there for women that weren't making women sick. Mm-hmm. Two, we knew that there was this gap in the research as well that we were like, why don't we push forward with this? Why don't we not only make products that are super delicious and safe and healthy for women, but why don't we try to push and expand the breadth of research that's available? So we are actually now as a company working to get federal research funding in order to study women's nutrition more. So that way we're not just only making products that are scientifically backed, but we can also basically teach the market of, hey, Mm this is what women need. Let's put it in our products. Right. And grow the category, right? So not just helping your customers see the value in your products, but also to grow the category as a whole, more is more in this sense. Yeah. I mean, women make up the largest buyers of uh, nutritional supplement companies in the U.S. Yet, I will tell you right now, like I when I do pitches, mm-hmm. at the end of the pitch, there is always a question like, oh, well, how many women are actually athletes? And it's mm. like, women are taking over sports. So like in um, in general, women make up over 40% of sports participants. In some sports, we are on track to supersede the male participation. So like in marathon running, mm-hmm. women in the US make up 47% of the participants, but we're participating at a rate faster than men. So that mm. means that in the future, if that trend continues, we'll, there will be more right. female marathoners than male. Right. Um, and we need to make sure that they're fueling properly. Yeah, um, right, <laughs> right, right. So this didn't come from nowhere, right? And you mentioned that you have a medical background. Um, that's a big transition to go from a medical doctor to a founder of an, of a CPG line of yeah. products. Talk about that a little bit. Why did you want to make that transition and what led you to 
deciding that this was the next step for you? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, and definitely my career path is not linear. <laughs> I talk to a lot of students actually, and I tell them, I was like, if you were to tell me at 20 or 21 that this is what I was doing, I probably would have like laughed, spit my coffee out, like yeah, had right. a really good gag over it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I very much so on my career journey look to my core values in guiding what my next stage is. And so one of my core values is altruism. And really important to me is giving back to the community and, and taking care of that community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I... The way that the Western medical system is, you know, there isn't this concept of a family doctor anymore yeah. with a private practice taking care of the community. It's just not, it's not what there is. And I was pretty tired of the machine that was mm -hmm. our medical system. And so I was getting my MBA um, and that's where my co-founder and I met. Lavelle started out of a class project. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, after speaking to as many women as we did, um, we ended up winning a, a course competition, which was great. And we were like, maybe, maybe this is an idea that we can continue to take further. Um, and for me, it spoke more to why I wanted to be a doctor. Like I mm. saw this massive gap in, in the market because of the complexity of women's bodies. And I was like, I understand physiology. I understand biochemistry. I'm a massive foodie. So I yeah. love food science. And I was like, we can, we can make this transition and really be the wave that's pushing for more female products, for more safe and healthy products for women. And for me, that felt really impactful. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still frequently using a lot of my medical knowledge. So we yeah. are we deep dive into research a lot. Um, I speak a lot to about what it means for women's nutrition. Um, we do a lot of what's called triaging. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that is still a very applicable skill. And then two, um, you know, I encourage like anybody who is thinking about starting a business or taking another step in their business to always talk to customers to get that insight. Totally. Um, because Frequently, your hypothesis is wrong, and mm -hmm. that means that it was a good hypothesis and a good test. Um, but having being able to interact with so many people and really using those skills that I had in patient interviewing mm. to go into customer discovery was like it was it was such a perfect match. Yeah, right. What was the moment that you decided that that, that you were going to leap into this and that, you know, you said started as a class project and we said, maybe this is an idea we could run with. What was the moment that you committed to instead of maybe this is something we can do to uh, we're doing this? Yeah, I, I have taken other pivots in my career before, and I frequently say that I don't gamble, but I bet on myself mm. and I know what my capabilities are. Um, as we were doing the interviews, even before we knew that we were going to launch into a company, so many of the women that we spoke to were like, if you end up doing something with nutrition, let us know. It was making this direct impact for women. And I, I was at a point in my career where I knew I didn't want to go back to clinical medicine. Mm -hmm. I was also looking at kind of other sort of consulting jobs and I was getting the 
you're both overqualified right. and not qualified enough in what yeah. we were looking for. Um, and I was like, you know, I could run a company. My co-founder and I, we could do this together as a team. I believe mm -hmm. in us. I know that there's the market for it. And yeah, it was, I, I remember it. It was, it was in December of uh, 2020 that we were, I was just like, okay, I'm ready for this. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that, that was the moment where I was like, I'm taking this bet on myself yeah. and, and I, I know that we could do this. Yeah, that's great. Well, it seems that it's going so far so great. Talk a little bit about the, the traction that you've gained in the launch of this product, where you are and kind of what some yeah. of your goals are too. So for anybody who can see on video, these are our energy purees. So our first line of products are our energy purees. Um, so we compete in a in the energy gel space, um, but we call ours energy purees after testing them with athletes. Um, and they mm -hmm. lovingly, lovingly told us, they were like, oh, this is real food. This isn't a gel. Call these purees. And we were like, mm, great. Yeah. Um, and so our energy purees are compact, single serving. Um, they are made with all organic vegan ingredients. So all plant-based. We avoid the top nine FDA allergens. Um, and really what we did was we cut out the additives and high glycemic sugars that we've seen correlate to the negative symptoms in women. Mm. So that way, one, we have a very clean label. Everything that you read on the label, you could buy at your supermarket. Um, and that for us, that was like just that was the big point for like for women and for traction that was like our customers. The fact that it was real and it was convenient real convenient and there wasn't any sort of additives that women mm -hmm. knew exactly what mm. was in the product and felt confident and mm -hmm. something that's like really amazing for us is we do quite a few run shows and run expos and community mm -hmm. events and we always have product and we'll have women you know with babies and toddlers who are taking a bite and they're like oh this is great and you know baby gets us like a, a sip of it the kids yeah. do too. And like, really, we say that like, this is strong enough to power you during a run, but mm -hmm. gentle enough that you can have it as a midday snack. Um, so the traction has been incredible. I think outside of just the product itself, women celebrate a company that celebrates women. Mm -hmm. um, and so so true we've been seeing support. It's amazing. And we've been seeing support from outside of just athletes. Like I think something mm. that really sets us apart from our competition is that since we're real food, um, our products are actually each equal to at least one serving of fruit and they're shelf stable. Mm -hmm. Women love putting it in their bag, knowing that it's there and on days when they're running around, they're like, I have a snack that I know I can feel confident right. about. Um, and so we saw this transition as well, that not only within the sport and high endurance activity community, but also women on the go. I mean, mm -hmm. I like to think all active women are athletes <laughs> with everything. Yeah, and I, I love the story you tell too about the mom walking up, you know, the flight of stairs, carrying the groceries and the baby and, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, to that point, Maureen, like I grew up in New York City, so I was used to seeing a mom walking at least 10 blocks, taking the subway with a baby carriage and the cart of groceries and going up the subway stairs and then probably having to go up like a walk up, like, mm -hmm, you right, know, and it was right. just 
that woman is an athlete to me, but we're really conditioned, you know, to, to not feel as though we can assert that status. Mm -hmm. And a big part of our empowerment is that acknowledging that in all women. That's fantastic. What are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced as you work toward continuing to grow this company? Yeah, I, I started to like giggle as you were like challenges. I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Start, right? yeah, there's, there's many when you're when you're first starting. It's just kind of a fact of of a startup. It is. And at every stage of growth, you will have a new big challenge. Right. And if you aren't experiencing that new big challenge, you're not accelerating your growth. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, so like, for example, like for us starting out, I think one of the biggest challenges was just how little research there was. Mm -hmm. Um and so I actually had to pull from my, I have a background in nutrition and medicinal plants outside of my MD. Um, and so I was really pulling from that as well as what existing research we had to make mm -hmm. the first line of products. Um, in you terms know, of what needed to go in there for it to be nutrient rich and of value at, as a food? For nutrient rich, but also actually what we shouldn't have included within the product okay. because a big part of what we were finding was that it was actually what was added into products mm -hmm. rather than kind of meeting those nutrient needs. And, you know, a big part too of, of really where the issue is for women is the amount of high glycemic sugars that are in products. Mm -hmm. So for example, to get kind of like nerdy because I do love it, um, yeah. <laughs> men uh, really rely on uh, metabolizing carbohydrates as their main source of energy that doesn't change throughout the month. That's mm. their their main focus. Whereas women, depending on what stage of your cycle you're on, you go from metabolizing carbohydrates to fats and proteins. Mm. And so depending on the amount of carbohydrates and the types of sugars that are in these products, you can be having those situations where it's just too much of a glucose load mm -hmm. that you know, women can't metabolize it. And that's when you get those situations of, I need to run into the woods because, mm -hmm. um, and so it was, how do we include those necessary nutrients, mm -hmm. um, while avoiding any sort of additions to the product that can make women sick. So, mm -hmm. um, like something that, that we did, that's pretty uncommon in this space is that we actually don't add in electrolytes um, mm. because so many athletes, we have the product itself naturally will have um, a little bit of like the minerals that you'll need from the fruit ingredients we use. Mm -hmm. um, but we found in our research that that actually can lead to more, you know, bowel trouble and dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And women already who use those electrolytes are taking them supplementally. So we were like, right. how do we cut out kind of certain things that are in the standard of products? Mm -hmm. But we know that depending on where a woman is in her menstrual cycle can flip it in another direction. Mm -hmm. um, and then talking about how like your challenges grow, like right now, mm -hmm. one of our challenges is that we're trying to essentially get financing for a machine that we know will right allow us to really meet our demands and manufacture um, mm -hmm. at a rate that is um, bringing down our, our cost of goods and increasing mm -hmm. efficiency and really helping stimulate the economic development of the area that we're in. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, 
all of your challenges change as you go right. step by step. And it's a matter of how do you triage? How do you step back mm, and yeah. look at the big picture and then figure out which of these challenges and problems need to be solved when? And how do you prepare yourself for the next set of them. <laughs> yeah, and I think too, it's what is what is a solution that can work right now so I can get this out the door. Like with the yep. respect to that machine, I know that that's been on your radar for some time, but you figured it out, right? Yep. In terms of how to get product available so that you could hand it out because you knew that you needed people to start tasting it. So you exactly. started using the pilot plant, right? That the costs aren't ideal. At, that's at Cornell Agritech in Geneva, that the costs aren't ideal to the, for that for long-term, but it gets you what you need right now to kind exactly. of, and that's that triage concept, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's exactly that. It's, you know, how are we making sure that even if we're not able to completely solve the problem in the most beautiful way that we would want you're just trying to get product out the door. So like, yeah. for example, we were like, okay, even though this machine would bring our cost of manufacturing down, mm -hmm. we aren't able to show that demand without getting the product out. So we right. need to get the product out. Um, right. And that was, you know, how you have to kind of balance each of those situations. Mm -hmm. And you're going to to always have those challenges that come out, but you mm -hmm. have to take that step back to be like, where does this fall in the overall picture? How can right. I use the solution to this challenge to set me up for a better place in the next phase of growth I'm going into? Yeah. And what's your process on that, right? Because I think that <laughs> for a lot of people, for some people that comes naturally, right? That you can kind of just step back and sort of see, I need this. And so this needs to come first. And this is a solution that will work now to get me here. And then I can do the next thing. But not everybody has a process for that or has a method that works, you know, what's worked for you. And especially as a company with two co-founders, right? How do you and Stephanie work together in that way to kind of solve problems and prioritize different, different aspects of the business growth? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And honestly, too, I think having a co-founder really helps within that because she and I will joke around frequently and we'll give each other a heads up like, oh, I'm going to be going down a sales funnel conversion hole. Um, I might not resurface for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we each have, I think, different tasks that we know that we are responsible for and mm -hmm. kind of different areas. So like I do a lot of the forward facing work. She does a lot of the operations management mm -hmm. and having that partnership of these kind of Op not opposing forces, but two different areas right. that we need to focus on allows us to come to that middle point of being like, this is, this is what's most important. This is how we leverage what you're working on to mm -hmm. benefit what the other founder is working on. Yep. Um, and taking that step back. So something that I like to do, I actually, I just transitioned to my second notebook. Um, but something I like to do is actually... Um, one, in the beginning of the day, I always write a to-do list and kind of seeing everything there allows me to to triage that list from mm -hmm. the beginning. So that way then, too, I'm not, I'm not stuck on things that aren't going to give us as much of an output as, yeah. as the time investment. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, 
I write everything that I know we got accomplished. And what I do at the end of the week is I actually look through all of that and I'm able to reassess. We spent way too much time Mm. on this aspect when really it's not servicing what our overall goal is for sales conversions or overall Mm -hmm. traction. Um, And it's having, I think, that record for yourself and that layer of accountability um, that is really important in being able to triage the situation and take a look. And, you know, it's you think of it in terms of managing an ER, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have people that come in with, you know, a fever and a runny nose and still need to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And then you also at the same time will have a massive emergency trauma bay scenario coming in that still needs to be cared for. And how are you managing all of that? Different senses of urgency on those. I think the, the, the part that you just mentioned about reflection, I think is a, is a key skill for a lot of entrepreneurs if they haven't already incorporated that into their day to day or week to week or month to month um that it's one of the one of the best things that you yeah. can do to make sure that what you're aiming toward is in alignment with where you're actually spending your time and unless you're looking back at it and seeing whether that's with a list method or just taking time to sit and think and reflect on did I make myself one step closer to the goal that I'm trying to get to, or, or was I a little all over the place this week, not focused enough, spent time on the wrong things. And so that reflection piece is, is the way that you tell, right. Is your, your, your sort of central point of, am I on track or not? Yeah. And it's, it's actually, and hearing you talk about it like that, it really reminded me of, you know, when you're focusing as a founder and as an entrepreneur, it's really this autonomous machine. Mm-hmm. Like you are in a lot of ways, you're in charge. You're mm-hmm. the captain. Um, <laughs> captain crew and everything yeah, else in between. Yeah. All of it. Right. Um, and yes, you have a responsibility to your customers and you have a responsibility to your investors. But at the end of the day, it's not like you have somebody in an office next to you overseeing all of your, you know, all of your markers that your your KPIs. Right. And you have to find a way to be accountable for that. And mm-hmm. if you're a solo founder, whether it's your partner or your mom, even that yeah. you're texting to be like, hey, I wanted to go through this with you. Or even I was reading, um, I'm forgetting what I think it might have been you, Jackman, actually, but mm. he has this process of when he wakes up in the morning, he writes his to-do list and then mm. he messages it to somebody. And then at the end of the day, like he has that same person message him. Yeah. They're like, did you get it done? And so having that network of support is yeah. super important because it's it's hard and you yeah. really are the the person that is especially as you're going to be hiring on, you set the example. Right. Um, yeah. And so make a schedule for yourself. Like I have, I love my eight to six schedule. Like I mm-hmm. know what it is. Um, but do that for yourself, you know, schedule different things out. Like even if it's not a meeting, but like I now have been scheduling in, like this is time that I'm working on our email campaigns. This is time that yeah, I'm working right. on all. I block my time like that too. Because if not, it's really easy to get distracted. And as a founder, everybody wants a little bit of your time. Mm -hmm. Right. Where do you find that network of people? 
That's a good question. I We have quite a few different networks of people. And I will say something that I appreciate about the entrepreneurship and founder space, and I can't speak to it in all sectors of this mm-hmm. space, but at least in food and beverage. Yeah. Agreed. It I is. Know, I know where you're going. But yeah. I totally going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a very welcoming environment. It's mm-hmm. a, a helpful environment. All founders that are in this space are excited to help other founders, even if technically you would be considered competition, it's right. just the camaraderie that we all know how hard this is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want to see you succeed based on your product. Um, so for us, actually, like we we started our company while we were uh, getting our MBAs at Cornell. So Cornell was kind of one of our initial networks. Um, and then if there are any like students listening, there are so many student competitions, which actually, Maureen, mm-hmm. I think you judged one recently, didn't you? I mean, you judge a bunch of them, but... I do judge a bunch of them. <laughs> I do. I'm involved a lot. I try to give feedback, you know, um, to folks who need it, especially in those very early stages. Yeah. And so the competition circuit, like, yes, it's very competitive, but there that's an amazing network to get to meet other mm-hmm. founders and other advisors. Um, and then going out to networking events. We're mm-hmm. at the stage now where, you know, we're not closed down anymore, which is great. You can go right. out, um, you know, whether it's, it doesn't have to necessarily be in your category and food. I, mm-hmm. we're a part of, um, like iPhone women, which is an amazing mm-hmm. network of women. Um, we're a part of, I'm Latina. So we're a part of different like Latino focus groups. Mm-hmm. And so that's, kind of how you can see getting into those those networks but it really is a community that is if you ask for help you'll have you know five hands raised in a room of, of five people yeah. <laughs> yeah and so I think it, it kind of comes down to like both two two things that are sort of different sides of the same coin show up and and ask right yeah. so you know some people get a little intimidated at a networking event where you might not know anybody. Sometimes it can be daunting, right? To walk in the room, you don't know a soul, bring a buddy, Yeah, you know, reach totally. out to somebody. Hey, I think this would be beneficial for both of us. Could we both go, you know, and kind of help hold each other accountable for, for working the room and maybe, yeah. you know, have some sort of like secret eye contact of like, I need help, you know, um, if you need like a, a touch base or even the ask for help, aspect of it, right? LinkedIn, I think is a, is an incredible resource for food, Bev and ag entrepreneurs to all have access to each other. And the amount of information that flies around just in various posts from people on that platform is, is pretty remarkable. Let's on a more positive note, let's talk about a big win. Like what's, what's one of the biggest wins that you have found since starting the company? Yeah. So I will say that just like at every stage, you have a challenge at every stage, you do have wins. Yeah. Um, and to, you know, that that's always incredible. I, I will say one of our biggest wins is finally having a product in market that's available online. You could visit Lavelle.com L E V E L L E. Um, but outside of that, it's really the interactions we get to have with mm. women and female athletes. I have received so many hugs and thank yous. And like that, at the shows that you do where you're popping yep. up. Yeah. 
And it's just, that's not something that I was anticipating. Um, like the, the, the visceral yeah, yeah. response to like, oh my gosh, you see me, you yeah. like hear me, you acknowledged me. Um, and that like, that is exactly why we started this company was for women to feel seen, heard and acknowledged. And, um, like that to me, I think is always going to be like our biggest win and every chance, like we get to go out and meet more and more women. Like it's, it's my favorite thing. Yeah. Fills your cup right up. Ah, That's great. It's the best. What's next? Ah, <laughs> what, What's taking the- over the world. I mean, love yeah. it, love it. That's, that's the short and long-term goal. Like, exactly. You know, what's on your priority list for for this week and then, you know, in maybe in the more abstract sense too of what's next in terms of, you know, what's your next big milestone? You mentioned the 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 filler machine. Is that yeah. kind of the next big thing? That's that's really our next goal because that's going to be streamlining our commercialization and it's really to going out as much as we can um to to have women try our products, know about us, know about our products. So actually our next event, we're going to be at the Women's Fryhoffers 5K run, which is in Albany, New York, uh, June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Um, So we'll be there. Please come and say hi. We also, too, are going to be at the Summer Fancy Food Show this year, which is crazy (laughs) and so exciting. That's amazing. but, you know, it's it's about us getting out to more and more races and meeting more and more women. We're really taking a regional approach to our sales. Um, so that's the Northeast is our main focus for, you know, the next few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and really until we can get that machine purchased to having our sales really extend out past that. Um, but it's a super exciting time that and I'm working on we have two other flavors that we're working on to hopefully release later this year. Uh, we're working on a research proposal as well um, for federal funding to expand the breadth of research on women. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of moving parts, but yeah. I it's actually something that I really can suggest to co-founders mm. uh, or founders in general is you know, one, be cognizant of your time Mm -hmm. and utilize your time, triage your time. But, you know, try to be as involved in kind of as many different aspects as possible. So like, as you know, we've had, um, we feel very honored to have been recognized for quite a few different awards. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something too, that like, we felt self-conscious about like as a, a company, like, oh, we're so new. Are we going, is this going to work out for us? But like, to any founders out there, apply for them, apply mm-hmm. for those competitions, apply yeah. for the different grants, have kind of multiple lanes moving at once. Yeah. So that way you're, you're constantly moving and, and getting the work out. Right. That's great advice. That's excellent advice. Anything else that you want to share with the audience? Our listeners are primarily going to be folks in food, bev, ag, um, entrepreneurs, business owners, any other kind of tips or advice to share with them before I let you go? Yeah, I mean, one, to your point, we are super, the food and ag community is a founder-friendly community. And so if anybody like wants to ever reach out, you can email me at lynda at lavelle.com. And I am always happy to talk to other founders. Our products are available online at lavelle.com or lavellenutrition.com. And so check us out. 
check out our products. Um, if it really speaks to you, reach out to us because we're always working too with students um, and other young people in the community uh, to really get the word out about our products. And, and enjoying every one of those cheerleading moments that you get too. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Thanks so much for your time, Linda. This was fantastic. Really appreciate your insights and what you're building at Lavelle Nutrition. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. I really appreciate it and wishing you the best of luck because this podcast is incredible and it's needed in the food space. Thank you. Thanks. I'm excited to get it out there. Awesome. All right, we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Spilled Salt. I'm Maureen Balatori. For more information about the podcast, visit www.29designstudio.com. If you have questions for me, you can submit them through the contact form on the website. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.